visitors, please pick up your welcome bag at the connection site in the back of the sanctuary or at our welcome and information desk. Everyone, please write your name on our friendship card. Fill in your address to receive the newsletter or update your information. On the back, you can put prayer concerns, blessings, or notes to the staff and place in the offering plate. Enjoy, Enjoy the service! We do welcome you to Pendleton Center United Methodist Church this morning. I'd like to invite you to join us in a call to worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. and loving Lord, we come to you this day offering up our praise, our worship. May this service of worship glorify you and may we experience your Holy Spirit, your presence, your gift of love. Lord, we pray that you will come and bless us and may we be a blessing to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to invite you all to stand if you're able as we sing together. I love to tell the story. Story of Jesus. 
What who? One week to the mission trip, amen. And I think next week we'll be sending everybody off in prayer, right? Yeah, that's, that's a blessing, that's a blessing. Dave? They are, they're starting to get some, yeah, they've got four, you said four of them? All right, uh, they're, yeah, there are a bunch of kids, they're, they're getting those children um, out, of that, out of that cave in Thailand, which is a, a real blessing. They've been in there a long time now. Others? All right, well, I know you all have joys in your hearts. It's a beautiful day, a great day to praise the Lord. Let's continue in our worship of the Lord as we bring our gifts, tithes, and offerings.
Your praise goes on forever and on and on again. No power can stand against you. No curse exalts your throne. No one could steal your glory, for it is yours alone. I stand to sing your praises. I stand to testify, for I was dead in my sin. I will rise. I will rise. As Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day and for the opportunity that we have to gather together and worship you. Lord God, we are grateful for all the gifts you pour out into our lives, and we ask that you bless them, Lord God, multiply them as we give them up to you. We ask, Lord God, that you would give us wisdom to know how to best use them for the furtherance of your kingdom. And we especially pray this day, Lord, for the offerings and the work of the Lakeview Animal Sanctuary as so much care is being taken in that place for all that you have created. Help us, Lord, to draw many to salvation in Jesus Christ through all the gifts you have given us that we offer to you this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. And we do have some concerns to um, let you all know about today. Um, 
Ken um, Mayer, who is um, Sue's husband, she plays with, our, with the choir, um, he has cancer and, and we're in need of, of praying for him. Um, Joanne Hanashevsky is home, but she's still in need of prayer for our, um, our prayers for her continued healing and for her family. Um, Sandy Garrig is going to be at Roswell for a good long stretch, um, just getting things back the way they need to be and, and before they can let her you know, come back out and, and be around all the stuff that's in the world. She needs to be um, protected in that way. And so we need to pray for her and for her family as well. We have a number of folks that we're in prayer for um, who are suffering with heart issues and cancers. Um, we've asked, had prayer requests in the past week for marriages and for our children. Um, we also want to lift up Ellie Drake and her family. Ellie is nearing the end. Um, of her time here in this earth. And um, so we want to pray for her and for her family and those who love her. And we did hear this morning that um, Bob Tolner, who has been a longtime member of this church and has been on our shut-in list for a long, long time, um, he passed away yesterday. And so we want to be in prayer for his family as well. Um, what other concerns do you have that you want to bring up this morning? Yes. Ah. So they're in their late 80s, but I'll tell you, uh, they, uh, these are powerful women of faith. Amen. And also for Steve, very serious back trouble, but he's starting to read the Bible. And he told me the other day, you know, it's what I do to get into heaven. I said, no, oh, so you believe in Jesus. So for encouraging for Steve as he opens yes. his word. Amen. So for Audrey and Regina, as they're suffering from strokes, but they are strong in the Lord, and for Steve, who has back troubles, but he's coming, he's coming to faith. He's coming to a place where he's getting to know Jesus and, and growing, and amen for that. Is there, are there others? Well, I know you all have concerns in your hearts, even if they're not spoken aloud. Let's take them all to the Lord in prayer as you join me from your seat or at the rail. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning knowing that you are a great God. You are the God of all creation. You are the Lord who has made everything that there is and who blesses and pours out blessing upon blessing to all of your people. We are so grateful, Lord God, for the help we have in you, for the being that we have in you. We pray, Lord God, now for all of those people who are sick and infirm. We pray for their healing, Lord, in their spirit, their souls, and their bodies. We pray that they would receive what you have ordained for them. We pray for their caregivers, that they would be patient, Lord, that they would be compassionate that they would be able to be drawn close to you, Lord, and minister by your grace. Father, we pray for those who are nearing the end of their life here. We just ask in Jesus' name that you comfort them. Draw close to them by your Holy Spirit and let them know the grace and the mercy, the love that you offer. We pray for 
all of those who are grieving losses. Lord, we know how hard it can be. And we just ask in Jesus' name that you bring comfort and peace to all those who mourn. Now, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name for those who are having trouble in their marriages. We pray for children who are having troubles of all kinds. We just ask in Jesus' name, Lord God, that you would come into these families, that you would enter in in a powerful way and touch their hearts, touch their lives. Disperse the love that you are into their hearts and give them love for one another as you love them. Help them, Lord. Help them, Lord, to see you and to see the path that they should be walking on in their lives. We pray, Lord God, for all of those who do not know you. They might be our next-door neighbors. They might be someone who sits in the next office where we work. Might be someone at our school or that we run into at a sporting event or a picnic might be someone in our very own family who's very near to us, Lord. Help us to be a light to them. Help us to show you. Help us to reveal your love for them. Help us to speak your word powerfully, and mixed with grace. And Lord, prepare the hearts of those who need to receive what you have for them this day. Father, we pray for your people. For your people who are suffering, for your people who are in persecution, for your people who are afraid to speak your word. Lord, give them boldness. Give them comfort. Give them rest in their souls. For you said that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Help us, Lord, to be the people you've called us to be in this world. And now, Lord, as we hear your word, as we sing songs of praise, as we hear the message spoken... We just ask that it would all wash over us and transform us, making us into the people that you need us to be. Help us to hear what you have called us here to receive from you today. Be with Pastor Sherry as she delivers the message that you've given for us. Let it be a blessing to her and to us, and may all of our worship be a blessing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we hear from the word of the Lord?
Good morning. Our scripture reading today is from the book of John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 26. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his, also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't have to go thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw this water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. In fact, the fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you are now, the man you now have, is not your husband when you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah, called Christ, is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Julie. So it was about a month and a half ago, and some of you heard, maybe not all of you heard, that I had a bit of an episode. 
Um, I was up here singing in the morning, rehearsing like every Sunday. No big deal. Everything's fine. And all of a sudden, whoo, everything starts spinning. And I thought I was going down. Um, so I found someone in, the, in our congregation that I knew was a nurse and said, hey, uh, something's not right here. I, I need to figure out what's going on because something's not right. Things are spinning here. And um, she located the um, blood pressure cuff. But of course, when you start thinking that something's wrong, your blood pressure goes, anyways. And, everything is, and um, throughout the morning, I just knew that something was wrong. Something was very, very wrong. I was dizzy. I became weak. I went to stand up, and I went down, and I just couldn't stand up all the way. And, and I got really disoriented, like loopy disoriented. And um, I had a bunch of people helping and ministering to me, but I just knew that something was wrong. I didn't know what it was. It was frustrating. I was thirsty to be healed, but I didn't know from what. The woman in our story was thirsty to be healed, but she didn't know from what either. She thought it was a physical thing, and she went to the well. And we've been talking about our spiritual gifts. And in this um, sermon today, we're going to be looking at Jesus as an example of spiritual gifting. And I had a couple people say to me, well, that's not fair. How can you use Jesus as an example of spiritual gifts? I mean, he was the son of God. Of course he can do this. But Jesus said in, J- in John 14, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. So we use Jesus as a model of the spirit working in our lives. And Jesus says, you know, you you can have these gifts. I give you these gifts and you can walk in this way. So we look at Jesus. And Jesus models for us a couple different things. And first of all, he starts off with approaching this woman. He comes to Samaria. Now, Samaria is a place where Jews generally never went. Samaria is a place where everybody who is a Samaritan is considered a half-breed, a heretic, a low-life. They're disgusting, and we avoid this at all costs. We don't go to Samaria. But the scripture says that Jesus had to go to Samaria. Geographically, he didn't. Geographically, he would have gone like everybody else. All the Jews go way around Samaria. But whenever John in his gospel says had to, it's always a divine appointment. Jesus had to go to Samaria because Jesus had to meet this woman. Because Jesus wanted to give a divine word to this woman that would transform her and transform others. He had to go. And so he goes, and he approaches this woman. He's with the disciples, but he sends the disciples ahead of time to go get food. So he's alone, and he breaks several barriers right off the bat. He makes an approach toward her. So he breaks the the barrier of her ethnicity. You know, we we don't associate with Samaritans. Jesus walks right through and says to us, you can walk right through Ethnicity is not a barrier. He spoke to a woman, and a woman is about as despised as you can be in that day and age as well. He spoke to someone who was a Samaritan and a woman, and he broke a societal barrier because he was alone with her. He's breaking all the rules, 
all the rules. He's not following the constructs of the society of the day. Didn't matter if what her ethnicity was, what her gender was, or what society said. He was going to approach her. And when he approached her, he, he received what we call a word of knowledge. Now, a word of knowledge is something where you receive a divine word about someone that you would not have any other way to know. There's no other way to know it except for a divine infusion of that information. And when he comes to her, he says about her husband. Call your husband because he's trying to break the ice. And she says, I don't have a husband. And he goes on to say, you're right. You've had five. And the one you're with isn't isn't your husband. Now, people over the years have had a field day with this episode. Um, They have discerned that somehow this woman with all these men has somehow been some sort of wanton woman making really loose moral choices. And maybe, maybe, It may be that she has been making really bad choices and this is kind of the mess she's gotten herself into. It could also be that she has been following the Levitical law and she's suffered a husband after husband after husband passing away and now finally she's at the last one and he won't marry her. But whether it's from her choices or from her circumstances, she carries brokenness. She carries brokenness with her. And so a lot of times when people are talking about this and they say, well, he brought up her husbands and lack thereof and all this stuff, they make it sound as if Jesus went up to her and went, you bad woman. That's not the character of Jesus. Look through scripture. Jesus isn't like this. Jesus is love. Jesus is compassion. So when Jesus approached this woman, how did he approach her? Imagine the difference between a, yeah, that's right, you don't have any husband now, to a, yeah, that's right, you've had five husbands. The one you're with now isn't even your husband. The compassion changes everything. The compassion speaks to the entire message. The compassion reveals Jesus' nature, the divine nature. He acknowledges the hardship, the pain, the brokenness. He acknowledges that she has a deep spiritual thirst, that she had a spiritual dizziness, a spiritual weakness. She was spiritually disoriented But you know, when we go and we ever approach someone in this way and we address any brokenness in someone, what's the very first thing people do? Big walls. Yeah, you want to talk religion? I'll talk religion. Let's let's talk about this issue with religion. And she starts getting into this conversation about, well, you know, you Jews say we got worship over here, but we worship over here. And 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 she gets to get into this religious argument because people want to talk about the religious box instead of the living God. Because the living God confronts, the living God heals. But the living God is someone that we want to keep distance from sometimes. Because we don't want to face the truth. And so she starts arguing this, and Jesus makes a point. says, you know, this is, it's not what it's about. 
This isn't what it's about. Worshiping, whether it be worshiping Jerusalem, worshiping here, wherever, it, that doesn't matter at all because the living God is here. The living God is available to you. See, he, did a, a, he has a gift of prophecy, which is a gift, gift that we can have. A gift of prophecy is to... It's for someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit and they speak forth the cause of God. It's a divine revelation under the guidance of the Holy Spirit and it reveals God's mind and God's heart. And its purpose is to strengthen. Its purpose is to encourage. Its purpose is to comfort. And Jesus says, listen, you don't have to worship here or here because right now you have access to worship in spirit and in truth. Well, what's he saying with that? What he's saying is that you who have been defined are able to be welcomed. Imagine a woman who has been told that she is an outcast because she's a Samaritan. Imagine she's, there's a woman who's told that she is an outcast because she is a woman. Imagine a woman who is an outcast because of the choices she's made or the circumstances she's experienced, whatever it is. She comes in the heat of the day at noon and she's alone. She's alone. It's hot, hot, hot. The worst possible circumstances. She has no one with her. So either she was waiting until she could be alone or no one wanted to be with her. But she wanted, she was alone. Where's her community? So she's not only an outcast with society, she's an outcast in her own community. And Jesus is saying, I'm here. I'm coming to you. I'm offering you living water. I'm offering you eternal life. I'm offering you. Doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter anything else. You are loved. Imagine what that does. Because we worship in spirit, the Holy Spirit that comes and fills us up and goes into those dark places, those thirsty places, those places of darkness that we don't even know about and reveals the truth, the truth that will set us free. Worship at Jesus and God Almighty, it's not a religion that we argue about all these different things. It's a relationship that fills us and allows us to grow and live. This woman responds. Wow, responds. You've told me everything. I mean, clearly you're a prophet, but this living water, and you're saying you're the Messiah? Can you imagine the wave of the Messiah, the Messiah is talking to me? Me? The Messiah loves me? The Messiah thinks that I can come and be in relationship with God? Wow. 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 
were told the same thing, you know? God loves me. God loves you. God wants to be in relationship with everyone, and it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. This word of knowledge led to a prophecy which leads to the woman's story, who leads to acceptance, which leads to eternal life, and God's love that springs into her a living well for even her, even me, even you. And the fruit of that is that people are led to God, the love of God. And this woman then, she's there talking with Jesus, and the disciples come back. The disciples who are not where Jesus is in this whole thing. They're looking at him. If you check out John 4, they come back and they write in there that, well, we noticed he was talking to a woman and a Samaritan woman at that, but you know, we're gonna say anything, but it's just awkward. They weren't where he was at all, but this woman receives his blessing, and she goes off, and she tells her whole community, all these Samaritans, ah! what is the kingdom of God going to do with all these low lives? Ah! She goes off, and she grabs all these people in community, and she says, listen, this guy's told me everything about me. This guy knows me. This guy loves me. This guy is offering eternal life, and the entire community comes, all these Samaritans, Now, they came wanting to receive, and they did, and they asked Jesus to stay. Jesus stayed in the Samaritan village for two days. Now, it doesn't say the disciples did. The disciples, boy, they, they still had a lot more growing to do. But Jesus stayed with the lowlifes. Jesus stayed with the people who were unacceptable. Jesus reached out with them. And Jesus gave his glory, and the people were transformed by the living water. Transformed by their thirst was quenched. My body was thirsty. My body was thirsty. My body needed to have a thirst quenched. We had some nurses here, and they spoke the truth right out. You need to see a doctor. (laughs) This is not right. You need to see a doctor. And I didn't want to go. I guess I was quite ornery. I apologize to everyone involved. (laughs) I did not want to go in the worst way. I thought I would just handle it myself. And isn't that what we do all the time, isn't it? You know, whether it be our physical health or our spiritual health, we want to handle it all ourselves. But... They called a doctor, they, they called an ambulance. Next thing I know, I'm heading off in an ambulance to the hospital. And I was still not right, but they hooked me up with an IV. Straight to the source. Next thing I know, I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling okay. And they ran all these tests and things, and they said, you were severely dehydrated. Severely dehydrated? That's lame. <laughs> that's lame. I'm sorry. That's like, you know, that's like, really? Really? All that just because I didn't drink enough water? Really? And they, and they said, well, you know, it, I said, well, of course, I didn't want to listen to the doctor. They tell the truth, and you're just like, no, that can't be right. So you start Googling, right? <laughs> you're like, well, wait a minute. I drank a lot of water that morning, but they said, it's cumulative. It's cumulative. 
you, you have to continually drink water. You can't just all of a sudden just drink tons of it and it goes into your system. It's kind of like we can't just come to worship one time and that's it. I'm all fixed and I'm all done. This is cumulative. And we grow and we live and we breathe. And they said, you know, if you get to the point where you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated. You're supposed to be continually drinking. It's like wrapping my brain around that one. So you start to think, when was the last time I had a drink? I, you know, I had that the morning, but before then, hmm, and you start going through. It's like, what did I do to myself that I didn't do that? So I started feeling all better. And we start feeling all better, and we have to continue to do that. We've been talking about how to transform a house into a home. And our house, the house is like us. And how do we transform us into just a vessel into someone that is filled with the Holy Spirit. And we've been filling it every week with like things for our children and pictures of our, of our family and, well, a chore list. It's not fun, but it's real, right? But what is one of the most important things we can do to transform our house into a home, transform our lives from just a vessel into, into the Holy Spirit dwelling place? this particular book and it's called the holy bible you see the thing is when when we receive the holy spirit the holy spirit speaks truth and we need to check and we need to know it we need to know this book we need to go not for information's sake but for revelation's sake we need to know it breathe it it comes to us the words of god come to us and fill us overflowing and far too often we have it setting up there as just like decoration it's a bit dusty. It just looks nice. I have someone um, gave me this box. It's a beautiful cedar box, and it says my Bible on it. And inside is this Bible. It's white, and it was given to them at their confirmation many, many decades ago. And they thought I might like it. And so I opened it up, and the Bible had never been opened. Never. Never. Imagine we have the words of life. We have the words of life, God's full revelation available to us. And it's not like you can just, what happens is we end up in a crisis and we're gonna, just going to start guzzling up some water. There's a crisis and I'm just going to flip to it and say, okay, what's God have to say about this? Like this. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. It's the living water that breathes in us and, and fills us. And the worship of spirit fills us up and reveals God's words to us. And we continue with that. Because what happens if we are spiritually dehydrated? If we are spiritually dehydrated, there are signs. We become dizzy. When we are dizzy, we end up searching for answers in all the wrong places. We end up going to the occult and we're seeking out mediums and psychics and things. We're playing with tarot cards. We're doing all these things trying to find answers, which is sin. The Bible clearly condemns all of the occult. Anyone dabbling in it? No. You're exposing yourself to the demonic. No. If you are spiritually dehydrated, you may become weak, which means that you start making choices that are not godly. You start going off in all sorts of directions because you're not filled with the Holy Spirit who is guiding your moves. 
You, if you are spiritually dehydrated, you may become disoriented. And the disorientation allows you to become unsure of who God is and unsure of who you are through God. When you become spiritually dehydrated, it's not good. We go to the source, the living water that flows through us, through the spirit and the truth that sets us free. There are people in our congregation with the gift of prophecy. I've had their words spoken to me, words spoken over me. There are people in this congregation with that. In the early church, there were so many people with the gift of prophecy that Paul felt the need to actually set down rules and say, you know, y'all want to prophesy at the same time, and we're gonna pay, you're going to all take turns on this. All of us have access to this. All of us have access to the gift of prophecy filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the truth of God. It's a relationship. It's a relationship that doesn't have any boundaries. It doesn't have any barriers. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've been born into, who society has told you you are. God says, you are mine. God says, I love you. God says, come to me and be filled with a living water. This Samaritan woman rejoiced. And you know that Samaritan woman became an evangelist because what do we do when we experience God? We share it. We share it. If we really have the Holy Spirit in us, we share it. It's bubbling out all over. Oh my goodness, what God has done in my life. God loves me. God sees me. God knows me. God knows every thought. God knows all my weaknesses. God knows where I'm thirsty even when I don't know myself. The Holy Spirit will hydrate us. Jesus, the living water, will speak the truth and we'll be able to stand and we won't be dizzy. We won't be weak. We won't be disoriented because Jesus is our thirst quencher for every, every, every thirst we have. I'm going to invite you to say a prayer of confession along with me. Lord, we offer ourselves as vessels for you. Reveal my brokenness. Reveal my thirst. Speak your truth. Forgive me sins. Lead me in your way. Give me your living water that I may be a blessing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We come and worship. Because worship, the spirit, and the truth reveals to us. So I pray that you'll open yourself up to humbly worship God and allow God to reveal to you the thirsty places in your own life that God can quench.
while we were yet sinners, and this proves God's love, God's love, no matter what, God's love for you and for me. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And now look around at all these other people that God loves. And as we prepare for the table of grace, greet one another with the peace of the Holy Spirit. Peace, brother.
God did come to our rescue. He came to our rescue when we were at the end of ourselves and there was nothing that we could do about it. There is nothing we can do to save ourselves. It's all by the grace of God. It's all by God's love coming down to be with us in Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ offered himself on the cross for all of our sins, he invited us to come into relationship with him, into relationship with the Father, into relationship by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we remember that when we come to the table. God so loved the world that he gave us his Son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. When we come to the table, we acknowledge that that is true. When we come to the table, we accept God's invitation. So come to the table this morning. You are welcome. If you love God, if you repent of your sin, if you seek to live in peace as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are welcome to come this morning. Come expecting to receive. Come expecting God to pour grace into your life. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At, your, at his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread and he gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples He said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave you thanks and praise and gave it to his disciples. He said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood. The blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. 
Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here. And on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father now and forever. Amen. Shall we pray together the prayer Jesus gave us to pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will those who are serving please come forward? Sorry. We're just hmm. Good morning. The body of Christ given for you. The body of Christ given for you.
The table is ready. Come, worship God. You can light a candle to represent your prayer. Everyone is welcome at the table. Even if it's your first time here, come and receive all the goodness God has prepared for you.
be able to stand if you're able as we sing together, Be Thou My Vision. Stay hydrated. You know what? Jesus is the great thirst quencher. And I don't need any extra electrolytes or anything like that because I've got the electric power of the Holy Spirit coursing through my veins. And through that, you can too. That living water, that power of the Holy Spirit, may you go forth knowing that God knows you, God loves you, and God is giving you eternal life through his living water and peace. Go in that peace. Amen. <laughs> 